So the truth is that um, I'm pretty good at starting things. I'm just not always the greatest at finishing things, to which somewhere in this building my wife is shaking her head, yes, that is true. I, I mean, I think of the home improvement projects that they're, they're almost done. They just have little tweaks that need to finish that I haven't gotten to. Or all the books that, that I've read most of, just I have a stack that's still just a couple chapters left to finish up. I think right now of all of our, maybe our diet plans that probably, yeah, not going to make it. Or, or the New Year's resolutions that over the days and the weeks and the months ahead, they begin to fizzle out. They begin to, they're not going to hit the finish line. And I, I, I think about my own life, and I think for me, I, I've always loved startups. They excite me. The beginning of things excite me. There's a thrill when you begin something with these big dreams and these big plans about what could be and the anticipation and all, that, and all that stuff that goes with it. I love that. There's good intentions. There's all these things. But then something happens. Some, there's a struggle. There's a, there's a difficulty. It, it gets hard. We lose focus, we lose vision for what we were originally excited about. For me, sometimes it's just simply the fact that I run into something I don't know what to do with. I have questions, and, and because I don't know how to navigate around it, I just stop. I, I just quit. Whatever the case may be, we all get to that place where I think we, we begin to lose heart. We, we begin to grow weary and oftentimes we, we just give up. And I know there are some people in here who are cringing at hearing me say this because you're finishers. You're good at finishing stuff, and this is going to make you crazy. But I'm, I'm well aware that there's probably a majority of people in here that can relate to me in this. It's hard to finish. The, the point of this is this. If we're not careful... If we're not very careful, the same thing can happen in our faith. Because we begin a relationship with God. We've taken that step towards God. We've started, we've had excitement about our relationship. We have anticipation about what our relationship will be. Hopes for what our relationship with God will be. Our expectations are big, but then something happens. Maybe we have some questions that that are unanswered, or, or, or maybe life happens and, and we begin to feel the hurts. God just isn't doing what I want him to do, and God is not doing it the way that I think he should do it, and that's caused me to be frustrated. Or you know what? Maybe church has become a routine. Maybe over the last year, you've even been disappointed by your church. Maybe I've disappointed you. Whatever the case is, what once was exciting has now become challenging, and it's hard. Following Jesus can be hard, and we can lose steam. And so the writer of the book of Hebrews, he puts it this way. He says, we can grow weary, we can lose heart. And so as we begin this new year, I, I want to encourage you, along with the writer of Hebrews, to not grow weary, to not lose heart. And so I want to look at what he tells us in the 12th chapter of Hebrews. I just want to see the first three verses, and it says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded 
by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. You know, this letter was written to a group of people just like you and me. There were people who were struggling, people who had questions, people who even had doubts. They were people who were growing weary, people who were giving up. And the author of Hebrews, he can see this happening. He can see that there is a group of people who have maybe with good intentions started down a path in a relationship with God that is exciting and they were full, it was full of anticipation. But now, now life's gotten hard. They're starting to fall away. They're falling into their old patterns. They're falling into their own ways, their thoughts. They're falling into the same trap that you and I fall into of walking away, done. And so this writer, he steps in and he gives us three real, I think, uh, practical thoughts on how we can keep our faith strong as we go along. And I'm going to call these the three faith builders that he gives us. The first faith builder that he gives us in this passage is this. He says, remember you're not alone. Remember, you're not alone. Listen to what he says. He says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, a huge crowd, if we're going to not grow weary and not give up, we need to first remember that we're not alone. He says we need to consider the witnesses. Well, okay, who are they? Who, who are the witnesses? Well, witnesses are people who have made it. There are people like you and me that have lived a life of faith in Jesus Christ. There are men and women who were commended for their life of faith in Jesus Christ. And I love this verse because it starts with the word therefore. Therefore always points us backwards. Therefore always indicates that there's something that came before what I'm telling you now. So if we go backwards to the previous chapter, we see the crowd of witnesses that this author is describing. We call it the hall of faith in Hebrews. He's describing men and women like Noah when he said, By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, he built an ark to save his family. He, he highlights men and women like Abraham. He says, By faith. Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. He highlights people like Moses. He says when he had grown up, he refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He even included a woman named Rahab. It says, by faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. The list goes on. He lists people like Gideon, 
like Samson, like David, all those people we read about in scriptures that we would think of as yes, those are the people we look to. Those are our examples that are set. They lived a life of faith, they made it, and now they've won their prize. These witnesses should serve as an encouragement to us. They, they should excite us to remind us that we're not, we're not in this struggle alone. In these, in these witnesses, I'm not to say that they are spectators that are simply just there watching us run our race. No, they are, they are to act as a, a figurative representation that, that should cause us to act as though they were in sight cheering us on to the same victory that they have had in their life of faith. You know, we're not the first people to struggle in this life. Many have struggled, and they will continue to struggle. We're not going to be the last. And this should stir our hearts to know that there are some who have made it. They've run the race, they've crossed the finish line, and they did it well. This, this should encourage us. And I wonder... If you just pause for a moment and think, who, who in your life do you have that is a witness? Maybe it's somebody that's gone, they're not alive anymore. Or maybe it's someone, honestly, is still here that could be serving as a witness to you. Who do you have? I can, I can tell you, when I pause and think about that, I think of, gosh, I think of people like, like Kathy Patterson. Man, she didn't have an easy go. But up to her dying day, with her last breaths, I can say, because I was there, she declared her faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Incredible. All the things she faced, she never lost faith. She's, she's crossed the finish line. She's won the prize. I, I can think of others in my life like, um, like Val Bressler. Val played keyboard on our worship team for years. Died young at, from cancer. And when she became too weak to stand, she would make us put a stool behind the keyboard so she could sit. And play. At her end of her life, I remember standing in her bedroom singing, and she declared her faith and trust in Jesus Christ as her Savior. I think of other men who I wish I could share a hundred stories with you, but I think of people like like Dave Brown and Donna Gassett and Reg Genter and Joe Binkley, all people in my life that, that are running this race and, and they are encouraging me. We have them to look to for examples to inspire us. We're not alone in this race. That should encourage us. Faith builder number two. First one, remember you're not alone. The second one is to lose the weight. This is the hard one. 
lose the weight. The, the writer goes on to say, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. The writer here gives us an interesting analogy. Sin as weight. You know, many of you, if you've been coming to the chapel for uh, the past couple of years, perhaps, you've known that, that over these past couple of years, I, I've tried to become healthier. I, I've tried to lose weight. And, and what's amazed me over these last couple of years of trying to become healthier is how easy it is to slip back into my old habits. How easy it is to slip back into eating the things I used to eat and, and my old exercising patterns or lack of exercising patterns, I should say. It's so easy to do that. So many times over these past two years, I've asked myself the questions. I've gone, how did I let myself get here? How, how did I do this? When did this happen? It, it happened without me even knowing it. And I could tell you how it happened. Slowly. It happened slowly. I made small eating decisions that I didn't think mattered. And, and, and I gained a pound here, I gained a pound there, and I didn't even notice it. And when I did notice it, I thought, it's not such a big deal. I'm, I'm, it's not that bad, right? That was my, my thinking. And the writer here of Hebrews, he tells us, he says, sin is weighing us down. And just as it did with my eating, it's so easy to fall back into some of those old patterns, some of those old ways of thinking and old ways of doing. And it happens so slowly that we don't even notice it. Because I tell you, most of the time, that sin weight that we put on, it isn't some big, huge moral failure that happened out of the blue. No, no, no. It happens slowly. It's it's. It's compromising over here and then compromising over here. It's, it's stepping into a gray area every once in a while. It's a, it's a quick look or a glance that didn't matter. It's a sip. It's a song. It's a movie. It's, it's those little things along the way that we don't think matter, and then they take you by surprise, and all of a sudden we're going, how did I get here? It happens slowly. Just as eat, making wrong eating choices affected my body, making these choices and sin, it affects our faith in negative ways. And so I guess I, I, guess I ask the question, well then, if this is adding weight to our run, how do we lose the weight? Well, let me give us... Just three easy steps to lose weight. And you want to lose weight? Step one, choose friends who are committed to the race. Most of your weight gain may result from the crowd of people you run with. Now, please hear me. I am not saying, not saying you should not have friends who are not Christian. That is not what I am saying. We should. We should have relationships with people who are not Christ followers. That is a good thing. You want that, you need that. What I am saying is those people who you seek wisdom from, who you seek advice from, that you share intimate details of your life with, 
Those should be people who can challenge and encourage you to keep running the race, to keep following your faith. I have a lot of friends, a lot. But my inner circle, those people that I go to for wisdom, that I seek advice, that I share those little intimate details of my life with, has a small circle. And it's a circle of people that I know are also running their race and striving to keep their faith and can encourage me to do the same. Choose your friends wisely. You want to lose weight? Step two. Drop certain activities. There are things that you do that may be causing weight gain. Things that maybe isn't a weight gain for everyone, but it is for you. Some of you might struggle with social media because it takes time away from your family. Some of you may struggle with a morning ritual that includes checking emails and screen time instead of having chair time with the Lord. Some of you may struggle with a relationship, a location, a recreation. I, I don't know what yours is, and it's not necessarily wrong, and it's not necessarily wrong for everyone, but it's not healthy for you. Try dropping them for a while and see what kind of results you get in your life. There's no need to run a race carrying a bag of rocks tied to your legs. Drop the weight. So choose your friends and, and, and drop some activities. The third one is this. Get help. You know, there are addictions that disable us. For, for some of us, that might be a secret weight. That's slowing us down. Could be the weight of gambling or alcohol or codependency or pornography or medication overuse or I, I don't know. But it's that thing that when it's talked about, you become defensive and angry. And you hope that no one else finds out about because you don't want them to know. It's that thing that you know the further you walk down this path, the harder it's going to be to come back. It's that thing. The best thing you can do is admit that it's there and get help. Get help. Those three things will help us to lose the weight. But then the writer of Hebrews finishes that off with this statement. He says, let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We are called to endure. That doesn't sound like a fun word. That's not a glamorous word. Usually when you hear the word endurance, that means something hard has going to happen. And and the fact is that as Christ followers, we are marked to have a blessed and a full life, but also a life that comes with, with struggles and even suffering. Yet through this, Jesus calls us to endure. He says, keep going Keep running, keep moving forward to get up when we stumble. This life isn't about perfection. If it was, none of us would run the race. None of us would even be eligible to compete in the race. But a follower of Jesus is one who endures. He's not the one that that never stumbles or never falls. It's the one, he's the one that always gets back up. I love Psalm 37 who says, Though they stumble... They will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. This race is difficult. And the reality is there's only one way we're going to win. 
Only one way, and that comes through step faith builder number three. He says, keep your eyes on the prize. He says this, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. It's all about focusing on Jesus. It always has been. Do you remember the story of, of Peter? Peter was the one disciple in the Bible who, who was willing to step out of the boat when Jesus called him. And he does. Peter, Peter steps out of the boat onto the water. Peter walked on water. This is incredible. And he's walking on water, and, and then something happened. Peter took his eyes off Jesus. And what did he see? He saw the waves crashing around him. He saw the boat rocking. He, he saw the storm brewing all around him. He saw all of these things. He took his gaze off Jesus. And what happened? He sank. He sank. If in, this, in this past year, if you, if you looked around at your situation at your circumstances, if you took your gaze off of Jesus and you noticed all of those other things around you, you sank. This was a hard year. And unfortunately, I don't know if our troubles are, are going to end soon. And if we look around, if we focus on those things, on those circumstances, on those situations, it's going to be easy to want to give up, to grow weary, it's going to be easy. In the competitive running world, if you're a runner, this is called a DNF. It means did not finish. Did not finish. I think all of us would end with a DNF if the race was on us, but it's not. This text in Hebrews, it, it tells us to keep our eyes on Jesus, to keep our eyes on the champion of faith, to keep our eyes on the one who not only initiated our faith, but has promised to bring it to its perfect finish. When we focus on Jesus and we understand that there is nothing around us, there's no circumstance, there's no situation that is beyond his command or his control, then we can run with confidence. We can run and not grow weary, not give up. So as we head into 2021... I want to encourage you with the same thing that the writer of Hebrews encouraged us with. I want you to remember the witnesses. Remember, you're not alone. We're, we're in this together. There are men and women who have not only run this race and finished well and have won the prize, but are still running this race that can encourage us and be our examples. You're not alone. I want to encourage you that, that, that we can lose the weight. There's no need to run a race with rocks tied to your back. Lose it. I want to encourage you to keep your eyes on the prize. Jesus. Keep your eyes focused on him so that when the circumstances and the situations of life surround us, you won't sink that you 
can say the same thing at the end of your life when the day comes and then when, when your time is here, that you will be able to say the same thing that Paul said at the end of his life to his friend Timothy. And he wrote these words to him. He said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. So Chapel family, I encourage you. Let's run. Let's keep running. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the encouragement of this scripture today. Thank you for the encouragement of many men and women who have, have demonstrated to us what it looks like to live this life of faith. Lord, and for your son Jesus, who's done that so perfectly, the champion. Lord, I thank you for that. Uh, and I pray that, Lord, through this year, I don't know what to expect, but whatever circumstances and situations there are, Lord, that we would keep our eyes on you, that we would keep focused on you, Lord, so that we won't sink, so that we, when we finished our race, you will say, well done, well done, good and faithful servant. We love you, Lord. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Hey, we have some greeters who are going to dismiss you starting in the back, so if you'd stay seated till then, and see you next week.